0: VR Workforce Studio.
1: How long does it take to get from your home to the school in a wheelchair?
2: It took me about an hour.
1: Wow.
3: Wow. And
4: that's an electric yeah.
3: Four, three, two, one. VR Workforce Studio. Podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation. Through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work.
5: Working in a field that I understand.
3: As well as the professionals who have helped them.
5: A
4: job but a career. You you gotta look at how life-changing this is.
3: And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities.
5: To help expand registered apprenticeship.
3: These are their stories.
5: Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities.
3: Now here are the hosts of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore and Betsy Civillette.
1: (laughs) This is probably one of the most exciting stories to come along in a while. Inspiration. Betsy and our big inspiration showcase today, we welcome Khalil Watson. Khalil was paralyzed in a shooting during his high school years. He recently defied the odds, though, and walked across the stage at Reynolds Community College with the help of a robotic exoskeleton, and he received his associate's degree.
4: Well, Rick, Khalil now joins us from his home in Richmond, Virginia, to talk about his journey, vocational rehabilitation, and his plans to continue his education. Well, welcome, Khalil. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Khalil, again, welcome and congratulations. This year must have been an amazing day for you. We've seen the video of graduation, but what was it like for you to be there and receive a standing ovation as you walk the stage?
2: It was actually May 15, 2023. On the day of graduation, it kind of felt like a dream in a way. The fact that I graduated didn't really hit me until a few days later. After doing some reflecting on all I had to endure to get to this point, I mean, all of the late nights and early mornings, the all-nighters that I pulled, having to ride my chair downtown sometimes to get to school because my family and I don't have an accessible vehicle, all of those things is what let me know that this is reality and not a dream. It was, it was definitely a great experience, though.
4: Khalil, you've had a spinal cord injury since high school and you use a wheelchair. What was it like attending college?
2: Not only do I use a wheelchair, but I'm a C5, six, I'm a C5, C6 quadriplegic. So I, I, I don't really have, I have limited use of my limbs. My, uh, hands are partially impaired. So it was, it, it was definitely a, Huge adjustment, you know, going, going from being able to disabled and just trying to figure out how I could be as efficient as, as possible.
4: We said you don't have an accessible vehicle. So sometimes you had to actually ride your wheelchair to school. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. That was, that was prior. So prior to COVID, I was using public transportation to, to get back and forth from home, from home into school and vice versa. And there would be times where I would miss my bus. There would, there would be times where I would miss the GRTC bus to get downtown for school and would have to ride my chair all the way down there because I, would, because I missed the bus.
1: How long does it take to get from your home to the school in a wheelchair? It took me about an hour. Wow. Wow.
4: And that's an electric yeah. chair, I'm assuming? Right? Yes. No, uh any accommodations from Reynolds or through DARS that 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 you received that, that assisted in helping you overcome these barriers to get to school.
2: Yeah, so Dodge, I was giving a I was giving a laptop, and I was also giving a tri mouse and this this software called Dragon, where I'm able to speak into the laptop. It, it, it's, it's it's a voice to text command. Yeah, so if, if it wasn't for you all, you all are pretty much the people who got the ball rolling for me, and then the the, the people from Deshaun Reynolds had also helped with a accommodations as well, such as pair pair note takers and uh, getting getting extra time on tests and things like that.
1: Well, that's awesome. Was there ever a time when you said, "I'm not sure if I can do this"? I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw in the towel. Was there ever a time when it it just didn't seem like it was going to happen, and And how did you get through those times?
2: I'll be lying if I said that I never experienced times like those. Um, I did, but the reason why I was able to keep going is that I know things can always be worse than what they are. And I've, I've, I've made too much progress to quit now, which is why I decided to keep persevering.
1: I think that's one reason people listen to this podcast. They want to hear from people like you. You have some type of inner drive to ride a wheelchair an hour to get to school and take the, take on these challenges. You're, you're an amazing example of what uh, it takes to overcome challenges. Uh, so my hat's off to you, friend. Thank you.
4: Well, we are very fortunate to have Kendra Johnson on the podcast today. Kendra, you are Khalil's rehabilitation counselor at DARS. What is your reaction to this incredible accomplishment, Khalil's graduation?
6: Well, first, um, of course, I'm very proud of Khalil for overcoming overcoming all the challenges. Um, So it was like Khalil informed me that he had graduated. And right after that, that's when I started seeing him everywhere through like social media, on the news, Um, So it was definitely a great experience um, to just see him accomplishing his goals. Uh,
4: Could you elaborate on some of the DARS services that Khalil was uh, provided?
6: Okay, so like um, Khalil mentioned, um, prior to me, first of all, um, I took over the case in 2019. Um, I believe that his former... um, vocational counselor, she had retired. Mm -hmm. So I took over his caseload. I mean, took over his case on my caseload. Um, So he was already working with AT. He was already um, enrolled in school at J. Sergeant Reynolds. Um, So he had received the laptop as well as um, the mouse and other um, assistive technology at that time. Um, What me and Khalil are working on now is Um, his, his transportation barrier. So he will be working along with um, Driving Rehab for Excellence. They're located in Chantilly, Virginia, to receive um, his behind the wheel training. He also did go to Wilson where he received a driving evaluation as well. So
4: what kind of uh, supports, Kendra,
6: do you see in the future as Khalil sets his sights on
4: going back to school at VCU to get a social work degree? So
6: the biggest, of course, that we're looking at from DARS right now, of course, is getting his transportation. So once he is done with the behind the wheel, then, of course, we'll be looking into getting the driving modification, the vehicle modifications for the vehicle that he chooses in order for him to get back and forth from school, he will be attending VCU. So he'll be going into their social work program, I believe, Khalil?
2: Yes, that's correct.
6: So that's the biggest thing that we're working on now is his driving along with supporting him at VCU and what type of um, accommodations or technology that we may support
1: him with. So, Khalil, why social work? So, I've always
2: been passionate about helping others. Um, I feel like the the things that I've experienced will allow me to be able to connect with and understand individuals who have a similar or worse situation than mine.
1: Well, what would you say to someone who had that similar circumstance to, to your own about vocational rehabilitation? Maybe there's someone who's listening to this podcast that's kind of feeling stuck, and uh, they need an answer. What would you say to them about vocational rehabilitation?
2: I would tell them that if working is something that they still desire to do, there are ways for you to achieve those goals. You just have to, you know, figure out what 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 resources you may need, and 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 and. and do whatever it is that you want to do so you can uh, accomplish those goals. To be honest, I've, I've, I've always been this way. Like, 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 I've always been determined and just and just strong, man. You know, I, I, would, I would tell the next person that I truly believe with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. So just keep going, regardless of your circumstances or the situation that you may be going through at the moment.
1: That's a great, that is a great perspective. And I know that will help many people who are listening to us. Kendra, uh, how does it make you feel to hear that?
6: Um, It makes me feel good. Khalil is um, a great consumer to work with. Um, He's been very patient throughout the VR process. He's been very determined. Um, So that makes, you know, our relationship good, you know, good to work with because, um, you know, I can, count on him to, you know, just to just kind of trust the process. So some people can become, you know, agitated, but he's always been, you know, patient and just determined. And that just makes me as his counselor want to work harder for him and advocate for him more and to try to get things pushed through.
1: Yeah. Khalil, this story is being written. It's, it's in process and what I, look forward to is a day when we have you back on the podcast talking about how you're driving the modified vehicle and how you have a degree in social work and how you're engaged in the world well thank you sounds good
4: all good i can't wait thank you both for joining us today
1: yeah khalil watson is pursuing a degree in social work with the support of his vocational counselor kendra johnson they both join us today from richmond virginia thank you thank you Thanks for having me. Exciting news from Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center. They have a new VR program director, Allison Shainer. The center's new executive director just started at Wilson.
4: Throughout her career, she has worked in education and with people with disabilities. So we are delighted to welcome you to DARS and to the podcast today, Allison. Thank
7: you so much for having me today.
1: Yeah, great. Hey, Allison, tell us about yourself.
7: Um, I have been in special education for about 18 years now. Um, I have worked with a wide variety of um, students and clients um, with all age ranges with different um, varying support needs. I have been a teacher for the blind and visually impaired for an extended period of time. Um, I've worked extensively with students with multiple disabilities, particularly um, students with autism. Um, And I have also done some orientation and mobility work as well as part of the vision services. So I have a pretty wide, varied um, background in special education as a teacher. Um, And then I transitioned into administration. Uh, started as a special education coordinator and then moved into the director of uh, Harrisonburg City Public Schools special education department in 2020, which was a, an exciting time to take on a new role. Um, but it's <laughs> sure, a, wonderful, yeah. <laughs> a wonderful experience. Um, I have learned a lot through that. And so I'm very excited now to um to join Wilson. Where'd
1: you go to college?
7: I um, went to my undergraduate degree. Is it from James Madison? And then I have master's degrees in special education and administration from Radford. And I am continuing um, with Radford. Now I'm working on my doctorate in
1: um, leadership.
4: Well, that's wonderful. And Rick himself is a Radford Highlander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Several decades ago. <laughs>
4: I keep going back. I don't know why. But <laughs> well, that's I just keep great. going back. That's wonderful. Um Allison, so how does it feel to be the new incoming director and what are you most excited about as you take on this role?
7: Um I'm really excited to um, work in a, a phenomenal center that's dedicated to supporting individuals with disabilities in education and from K12 perspective, right? We know that those transition years can be really hard. Um and uh, Wilson, well, WWRC has always been kind of a beacon of light for um, families, for communities to know that this resource was out there. And so I am extremely excited to be a part of that opportunity to enable individuals with disabilities to live, work and play in the communities of their choosing, um, which is what we all want. Right? Um, right. So I'm very excited about the opportunities to work with people that are dedicated um, in a center that is dedicated to that work.
1: Oh, that's great. Hey, I was in the dining hall at six this morning at Wilson and ran into some students. They have a message for you.
3: Welcome, Allison Shaner.
1: I'd
2: like to welcome the myth, the legend himself, Allison Shayner
3: Yes, sir.
1: Okay. Welcome. The myth, uh, the legend, Allison
7: awesome. Shaner. <laughs> That's that's great. Um, what a welcome. I um I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> that's
1: great. Allison joins us next month to continue this conversation. She's the director of Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center. Allison, all the best to you and the team at Wilson as you take on the leadership of this amazing organization.
7: Thank you so much again for this opportunity.
1: Our conversation on spinal cord injuries and vocational rehabilitation continues with Paula Martin and Elizabeth Drake.
4: And Paula is an assistive technology specialist with DARS and the Virginia Assistive Technology System, or BATS, and also with No Wrong Door, Virginia. Elizabeth is an engagement technology specialist and recreational therapist with the Sheltering Arms Institute. Well, welcome, Paula and Elizabeth. We are so happy you are joining us.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we just heard this remarkable story of Khalil Watson, his journey through VR. It's amazing to hear about his successes and realize how powerful vocational rehabilitation and assistive technology can actually be in the life of a person who, against all odds, is continuing to push toward a goal in their life. The Sheltering Arms Institute Is a wonderful partnership with Virginia DARS. Most of our listeners are familiar with DARS, but Elizabeth, can you give us a quick overview of the Sheltering Arms Institute?
0: Of course. We are a state-of-the-art, 114-bed inpatient rehab facility caring for patients who have experienced spinal cord injury, brain injury, stroke, severe burns, transplants, polytrauma, and other impacts on health and function that require rehab with medical oversight from a physician. And we're located just west of Short Pump at the intersection of 288
4: and 64. Great. Uh, well, Paula, turning to you, but Elizabeth, feel free to jump in at any point.
5: Um, let's hear more about the work being done through
4: this partnership.
5: Sure. Um I met Allison Clark again through a No Wrong Door meeting. You had Allison on your podcast uh, not too long ago, and she's the community um, coordinator there at Sheltering Arms. And as we got to talking about what they do and what we do, we decided this would be a great partnership. So we kind of came together with a goal of finding items that were inexpensive, um, pretty easy to learn to use, but that had big impact on client independence.
0: Yes. So through devices that was lent to us from VATS, We set up a room that is like a demonstration room where patients are able to come in and take a look around. We give them a brief overview of whatever might suit their case, their need, their interest and goals best. And they have the opportunity to actually trial those devices to see, do they want to trial this when they're home to meet their goals? Whether that's thriving in the community, going back to school, returning to work. And when they go through there and they get really excited about seeing possibilities that exist, then we link them up with vats and jars so they can continue with thriving in whichever goal direction they have next after they leave us.
4: And can you give us a quick example of of one of these devices that they might use?
0: We'll go with a spinal cord injury example. Um, They sometimes will be a little even shy to say that they'd like to go back to work, go back to school, or even simply, I want to be independent in the home. So I'll take them down there and I'll just give them a little slip of paper and tell them to read it out loud. And it will say, Alexa, turn the lights on and then the lights will come on in the room. And from there we go into ways that they could use it to be safe in the home and connect with others and be able to have that freedom and independence to simply call their best friend or with communication, call if they ever needed something such as an emergency situation.
4: Well, thats it's a fabulous room. I've been in it myself taking pictures, and it's such a great resource. It was such an inspiring moment to see Khalil walking the stage equipped in a robotic exoskeleton and graduate from college. Elizabeth, what can you tell us about this incredible technology?
0: The exoskeleton is a wearable device that performs movements like walking for people with an injury or disease who lack that voluntary movement. It can kind of serve two functional purposes. So walking recovery or exercise and community participation. So, for example, we've seen people go from not being able to walk to walking again. And we've also used them for things like sitting balance, increasing their cardiovascular fitness, and for the case of Khalil, walking across the stage for graduation.
4: What's on the horizon to help individuals with disabilities who want to work?
5: You know, it's been so exciting to see. Um, when I first started as an OT, 1984, one room, it took a whole room for us to fill up for being able to answer the phone, turn on a light. Um, turn your television on and it was thousands of dollars. Now we can say, hey, Alexa, turn the light on for under a hundred bucks easily. Um, So because of that and because it's more mainstream, we're now seeing lots of other mainstream devices, um, such as the Microsoft 360 has a lot of digital inclusion. Uh, The Mac has lots of facial gestures. Um, I think people being able to take classes from home and work from home has been so amazing. So sometimes it's the device. And sometimes it's just learning how to use your mainstream device.
4: And my aging parents, I've taught them a lot on their phone, yes. That's right. I'm amazed at
1: what it can do. Well, we're all drawn to these amazing new technologies and and the developments that are emerging in our very midst every day. But sometimes it's the simple things that mean the most. Paula, what's available in the day-to-day routines at VATS and maybe through the partnership that brings people help. People who who may be in circumstances that are even similar to Khalil's.
5: I think having Elizabeth and um, the folks at SAI and the other partners we have across the state, um, Sportable and Wilson, we're able to demonstrate there's only four of us at BATS, and so we don't have the hands on, uh, a lot of the hands on types of. opportunities that we would like to have. So using them as partners has been so great. Even digital picture frame that helps someone remember appointments or um, connects them with their loved ones, a lot of inclusion. And when you first have a disability, there's a whole lot of adjustment that has to happen. So if we can include them with their family and friends, it can be amazing.
0: Yeah. I think that um, in the day-to-day when we get patients here, they're just starting to think about I'm, you know, out of the hospital and thinking about the next step of going home and being in the community and sometimes we start simple. It's what is already in their hand like Paula was saying. We will set them up with simple voice control on their phone for people who are unable to hold their phone and use it or are unable to have that dexterity to call. We'll put things in the room like a phone stand. That's relatively pretty cheap. You can find it on Amazon. It's the simple little things that change their whole world and perspective. And from there, they start being more open to listening to what other things are out there, like a simple swivel tray table when you're trying to get up from the couch. And we feel them out to see how far in the technology world they're willing to listen. But it really does start with those simple daily, lower technology, lower expensive pieces of technology that we have here for demonstration. And through that partnership with No Wrong Door, we've
5: been able to expand it even to some simple gaming or things that help people kind of want to continue going on going on with life. Um, share with us a
4: message of hope. I mean, especially for maybe those folks who've been told you'll never work or you can't do this job because of your disability.
0: I would say seeing this frequently for people who are newly admitted. And sometimes they're even too apprehensive to say the words out loud. I want to go back to work because they think it's so far fetched from reality to never rule it out. Advocate for what you want, even if it's in something in the back of your mind, you're scared of saying, be open to trying new approaches, new technologies, things that you never thought you'd be willing to try and connect with every agency that is available That's in DARS. They're here to really bridge the gap of what you think is impossible to the realistic ways that they can make it happen. And simply just taking in the information and connecting with them is going to open so many doors, not just now, but down the road. I remember my very first client, he was
5: 16, broke his neck, got his um, drafting from here at Wilson, uh, but then was not able to get a job because the drafting department was on the second floor and nobody cared. Nobody did anything about it. So now with the ADA, with online support, with DARS, there's so, so, so many, many more opportunities. So I say, just hang on. Um, it's going to be okay.
1: Well, it's so nice to have you both on the podcast today. Uh, Elizabeth Drake and Paula Martin, thank you for being with us.
5: Thank you.
6: Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, it's time for our National Clearinghouse Report with the always entertaining and informative Heather Service. Welcome, Heather.
8: Hey, Rick. Good to talk to you again.
1: You too. We're all still reeling from Khalil Watson's story. What is your reaction to it?
8: I love hearing Khalil's story and especially about how VR was able to help... You know, secure some uh, assistive technology to support training and really help Cleo on his path to his ultimate goal of being a social worker.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Hey, what do you have in the clearinghouse for us this month?
8: Got a couple things. Um, the first I want to share is the NCRTM programs and services page. And this is a feature of the NCRTM, which offers employment-related resources. So, Like Khalil, you know, making the decision to go to school or go to work can be a lot. And so the programs and services page offers a variety of resources on self advocacy, how to get training, job seeking tools research, and career advancement. So for job seekers with disabilities, this can be a really great starting point to utilize as you're considering your your options for employment. And even for VR counselors, this is a great resource for you to help inform your vocational counseling and guidance sections with your customers so that you can share these resources directly with them.
1: Amazing. (laughs)
8: Yeah, it's Hello. a really great, yeah, it's perfect. And it's a really great tool for for our customers that are looking for employment and everything that it takes, uh, whether it's training or you know just building those self-advocacies to prepare you for employment. Um, the second resource I have is a, is a brand new material that was just added to the NCRTM library, and it's called Partnering with DVR to Build Your Pathway to Employment. And it was created by the Peak Parent Center. And this is a guide that covers topics to help individuals who are interested in learning a little bit more about the VR process. So all of those things that VR is that can can be a lot to understand including the eligibility requirements, about learning about individualized plans for employment, informed choice, going over all of the timelines that you can expect, available services, even how to prepare for your first appointment with VR. And what I also like about this guide is that it's translated into English, Spanish, and there's a plain language version available as well. Great. The last thing I want to share with you is the Activities for Underserved Populations Funding Opportunities. On May 31st, the U.S. Department of Education Rehabilitation Services Administration announced a new funding opportunity under Assistance Listing Number 84315C, which is the Activities for Underserved Populations. The purpose of the Activities for Underserved Populations program is to improve the quality, access, and delivery of services and the outcomes of services provided under the Rehabilitation Act, especially services provided to individuals with disabilities from underserved backgrounds, and to increase the capacity of minority entities and Indian tribes to participate in activities funded under the Rehabilitation Act. For this particular funding opportunity, the eligible applicants are minority entities and indian tribes and in the show notes you'll find the full definition of what that means the application deadline for this funding opportunity is july 21st 2023 at 11:59 p.m. eastern time if you want to learn a little bit more about this opportunity there's information about the activities for underserved populations competition at rsa.ed.gov and i will include the direct link in the show notes There's also a pre-application slide deck and a lot of other resources for this opportunity that are available on the RSA discretionary grants page, which is located on the NCRTM. There is an email address and a competition manager where you can ask any questions you may have. The competition manager is Kristen Reinhardt Fernandez, and the email address is 315c at ed.gov. So we hope you'll check out that information. And then last but not least, just want to say congratulations and a very warm welcome to Wilson's new director, Allison Shayner so We're excited to have you.
1: <laughs> Heather Service directs RSA's National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials and joins us each month for the Clearinghouse Report. Links and resources from the NCRTM are included in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. Thanks, Heather.
8: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rick.
1: Well, thank you for getting involved in today's show. If you or someone you know has a disability and wants to get into the workforce, vocational rehabilitation may just be the answer to kickstart your career. Visit us at VRWorkforceStudio.com to find links and resources, as well as our contact information. On behalf of my co-host, Betsy Civilette, I'm Rick Sizemore inviting you to join us as we podcast the Sparks. The Sparks <laughs> that ignite vocational rehabilitation
3: the vr workforce studio podcast is owned and operated by vocational rehabilitations partners in podcasting audio content for the podcast is provided to vr partners in podcasting by the virginia department for aging and rehabilitative services in exchange for promotional considerations
0: yes i'm so excited people are
2: like why are you so excited i'm like i've been waiting forever for this